Yesterday was a day of losses and gains for the Aggies. I think it was a pretty good day all around. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So, yesterday... A ton of stuff happened. I mean, we have a jam-packed show for you today here at Locked on Aggies. And the first thing, which I think is the most relevant piece of information from the day, there were a lot of positives. I count one, two, three positives. And I think you can count two negatives. One, two. And we're going to discuss them all today. We're going to start. We are going to start with a negative, as much as that pains me, but I do think it is the most relevant piece of information that happened yesterday, and that would be Evan Stewart hitting the transfer portal. So I'm going to be honest. I I felt this coming for a long time. I don't know if y'all felt the same way, if you everydayers felt the same way, but it just felt like so... I don't love the way Evan Stewart handled the situation late in the year, you know, kind of quitting on his team and not play. I don't love any of that. But at the end of the day, and this is a knock on Jimbo Fisher, not the current staff, but I don't think Stu was used right. I don't think he was used enough for who he was. If I was him, Evan Stewart is an NFL football player. There is no changing my mind. On that, there's zero changing my mind. Evan Stewart is an NFL football player. And with the new offense, I think he could have gotten there at Texas A&M, but I understand him wanting to make the move elsewhere. Um, it hurts losing them. It hurts losing Evan Stewart next year. Um, and that's why, you know, in, my, in the open here, I said it was a good day all around. The reason I say that, is because, to me, this was expected. It hurts to lose him. I'm not going to sit here and convince you that it's not a big deal because it is a big deal, and it does hurt. But I just saw it coming. I think he knew, like, hey, I got to go find somewhere to get the best out of my college. I mean, if he goes and has a buck, uh, you know, 1,250 yards and and nine touchdowns somewhere, you know, at a – Bama, USC, a couple of the schools I've seen associated with his name early. I'm pretty confident that he could be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. That's how good he is. We all know that. Um, So if he felt with the meetings with coaches, obviously he got to know Coach Elko. He got to know uh, Coach Klein because he stayed for a little while. But he decided to inevitably make the move, which I understand. If, if, If he thought that was the best move, for his um, college football career, 
and and chance at making his dream come true of playing at the NFL. I get it. I do. So losing Evan Stewart hurts. Um, I want y'all to let me know two things in the comments. Was this a surprise? Mm, stuffed up there, Benjamin. Was this a surprise? To me, it was not. And secondly, how do you feel about the wide receiver room now that Stu is gone? And we're going to kind of run through it. <coughs> Excuse me. So looking at this wide receiver room right now, it kind of makes sense. You know, people were commenting and saying, well, Andrew, why uh, why are there so many? We've got plenty of receivers. Why, why are we going to get more receivers in the portal? I think that they had a feeling Stu was going to leave. Um, once again, kind of like I, I didn't really know much. I just had a feeling he was going to go somewhere else to play. So, um, but you currently have two receivers committed in the portal. You have Cyrus Allen from Louisiana Tech, and then you, of course, have Javon Harvey from Old Dominion. Both of those guys were relevant and were going to have snaps, even if Stewart was still here. Now that he is, um, you know, moved on, those guys' roles increase even more. They're veterans. They've played college football. They can come in and help this team right now, which is why landing them is so much more important now than it was two or three days ago when it happened. We were kind of like, well, we, we've got Noah Thomas, and we've got um, Evan Stewart, and we've got Johnny Walker. What do we need these guys for? Now you know why. Because now you got you know you got Noah Thomas and you got Johnny Walker. We kind of go, ooh, ooh, we're kind of running low here. You got other names in the room. But um, I still feel good about this room. I think that Noah Thomas is a great football player. I think Jade Walker could explode onto the scene. Watch out for Jade Walker, ladies and gentlemen. I think he can do something special this season. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go for 1,000 yards. I think he is so talented. Um, you know, Give credit to the previous regime for landing him. He's the real deal. That was some solid talent evaluation from a smaller level school. So I, I'm, I'm very impressed with him. Um, but yes, as a whole, I feel okay about this wide receiver room. I do. I know losing somebody hurts somebody the cal uh, caliber of Evan Stewart, but once again, it kind of makes sense. He didn't get the football. Like I kind of think he deserved he didn't get the football like someone uh, as talented of a player as he was should have gotten the football. He should have been getting 12 targets a game. He was, he was, I mean, there were a few games, especially in big games where he just vanished. I mean, he was just out of there. So um, this loss hurts, ladies and gentlemen. But once again, I'm why I still think it was a positive day overall was kind of thanks to some of the additions. You had two additions, one via high school one via the transfer portal, and you got somebody back. Well, we'll talk about that in segment two, but um, I want everybody to let me know their thoughts on the Evan Stewart situation in the comments. Like I said, I know this one hurts. Losing him hurts. He's a talented football player who's going to have a good – you know, I just hope wherever he goes, we ain't playing him next year because I don't want any – that's how good he is. I, I don't want to mess with that at all. So best of luck to Evan Stewart, like I said. Um, and those who might say, well, maybe he'll come back. I, I'm not going to say 
there's zero chance because of what we're getting ready to talk about next. But I just don't think we need to be getting our hopes up about every single player that enters the portal. Well, maybe they'll come back. Maybe, but I don't love the chances of that happening. So uh, best of luck to Evan Stewart, wherever he ends up. He's talented. He's going to have a really good season somewhere. Best of luck to him. Um, But it's time to move on and talk about offensive lineman Chase Basantis. He pulled his name out of the portal. He's back, and this is huge. I'll tell you why coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I got to tell you about our wonderful friends over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a ton more. I love using FanDuel. It's the app I use when I'm betting on sports. It's just a ton of fun. It's super easy to use. I highly recommend going to check out FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So, Chase Basantis is back. We discussed this yesterday when we talked about, you know, um, Walter Nolan, which we'll talk about him in segment three. I've got, we've got a little bit of an update there. Um, but getting back some of your talented players on the roster that you had the year before sometimes are, are the most important gets. Chase Basantis, now, did he have the best season? I don't believe so. Did he show flashes of this kid could be elite? Yes, he did. But what I will tell you is this. I think that Chase Basantis, you got to remember, he was a freshman, a freshman All-American for that matter, but a freshman. Freshmen in the SEC are not supposed to be playing on the offensive line. That's just not what you're supposed to be doing. But he did, and I believe he proved what the, what he can do in the future. So was he great this season? I think there was a lot he could have done better, but I'm not upset about it because he was a freshman. He's got to develop. He's got to get bigger, faster, stronger. And that is kind of what I'm getting at here. So, no, I am. This is a massive get. Getting Basantis back is like getting a top five offensive lineman in the transfer portal. That is how you have to look at this. You can't look at this like, oh, yeah, we got Basantis back. We still need uh, O lineman in the portal. Yes, we do still need offensive lineman in the portal. But getting Chase Basantis back is a starter right there. There's a starter back. Boom, done, dealt with. You got a guy back right there immediately that is going to start on your offensive line next season. So, um, you know, you kind of see what I'm getting at here. We still need more offensive linemen in the portal. I, I still don't. I, if you went and got three, I wouldn't be upset about it because we we know how important depth is. We discuss that all the time, especially at the offensive line. Players are going to be coming in and out all year long with injuries. I mean, when you're playing offensive line, you're getting in a mini car accident, you know, what, 80 times a game. Like, that is what 70 times a game, that is what you're doing. There are going to be injuries on the offensive line. So you have to have depth. Chase Pasantis, I don't consider depth because I think he's going to be out there starting. 
you have to go get a couple more guys that could compete for a starting role, and if not, add depth to this offensive line room. I, I can't sit here and beat this drum enough when it comes to this offensive line. You have, have to have a good offensive line this year. I am so sold on Coach Klein and what his offense is going to look like, what this team's going to look like under him. But at the end of the day, as much as I – I mean, I can reiterate this a ton. You have to have the offensive line to do it. If you don't have the offensive line, I don't care how good – I say it all the time. I don't care how good your quarterback, your running back, your wide receiver. If you don't have a good offensive line, it's not going to work. So getting Basantis back is massive to me for this football team, massive for this offensive line. Um, and I just I feel a lot better about where we are at offensive line wise, bringing him back. So, you know, today's signing day, and we're going to kind of do when we see who signs, who doesn't sign, do we get some flips? When we see all that, <coughs> excuse me, when we see all that, <clears throat> we will kind of talk more about this offensive line who is going to start, who's talented, who's going to be out there. Um, when it comes to you got some freshmen, you got some older guys. We'll break down this position group in this room as a whole, and we'll do that as well more when the uh, portal ends and we bring in a couple guys in the portal. Once again, I've discussed it a ton. Texas A&M is pursuing offensive linemen in the portal. They are going to land some. It might not feel like it. I get it. It's frustrating. We want them. We want them now. Um, like a kid in a candy store. You know, I want them, and I want them now. But they're, we're going to get them. We're going to get offensive linemen. They're going to make this football team a whole heck of a lot better heading into next season. So um, getting Chase Basantis back is a massive get for this Texas A&M football team. And once again, I'm going to reiterate this point one more time. It might feel like, well, Andrew, I mean, he was on the team last year. Does it even really count? You got to look at it like this. He wasn't. He was no longer on your team. He had left. He was gone, and he was one of the top offensive linemen in the portal. And now he's back. You have to look at it like, wow. Forget his name. Close your eyes and go, wow. We just got one of the top offensive linemen in the portal. That is how you got to look at it, um, because that's I think what you're getting in Basantis. We know how good he is. We know how good he can be. Sophomore year, junior year, he could be an absolute monster. He's got the frame. I think he's got that dog mentality. I think he just needed to develop a little bit more for the speed of college football. So, you know, he's kind of there now, and I feel pretty good about this offensive line moving forward and kind of what he's going to um, do next year and how this offensive line is going to look next year. So we've got two more things to discuss. We've got a 2024 commit and a transfer portal addition plus a couple guys who were on the team last year, found new homes, and one is down to two potential new homes. We will discuss all that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But I got to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I love LinkedIn Jobs. I discuss this all the time. It's an app that I have used hiring. I have used looking for jobs before. It's just an easy-to-use application 
that wants to put employers together with potential employees and wants to help people looking for a job find one that best suits them with their skill set and different things they want to do, enjoy, and are good at. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a long segment three today with a ton to discuss. Yesterday, the Aggies flipped four-star defensive lineman Kendall Jackson. This, to me, I got to read you this history here because it's hilarious and it really kind of speaks to the world of college football we live in. So listen to this timeline. I just think I just get a kick out of this. All right. December 2nd. Let's go. Let's go all the way. We'll go all the way back and um when did he commit? So he basically okay he commits back here. Let me go back. I'm on his 24-7 sports. Okay. So oh he commits on July 12th to Florida, right? Commits to Florida July 12th, 2023. Decommits December 2nd. On December 9th, he commits to Miami. And then on December 19th, he decommits from Miami and flips to Texas A&M. So I just find that funny. Not a knock on Kendall Jackson. Just it's the world of college football we live in. He was he was a I mean the Miami Hurricane fans will remember him in the 10 days he was committed. But all kidding aside, I just got a kick out of that and wanted to share that because that's kind of funny. But when it comes to Kendall Jackson as a player from Gainesville, Florida, six foot four, 250-pound defensive lineman. He's ranked number 407 in 24-7 sports composite rankings, four-star player. And then this is um, his scouting report. So Andrew Evans, the director of scouting for 24-7 sports, has this to say about Jackson and kind of what he brings to the football field. A scheme versatile defensive lineman with growth potential and developmental upside has lined up in everything from a wide nine to a zero technique at the prep level, but figures to settle in as more of an interior player as he as he's younger for his grade and believed to already be hovering around 6'4", 250. Uh, totaled seven sacks as a sophomore before uh, racking up 12 and a half more as a junior while facing well-respected competition week in and week out down in the Sunshine State. Makes the biggest difference with his motor as he keeps his legs pumping and is always looking to clean up the trash. Plays with a nice forward lean and at times can just overpower opposing tackles guards with his wide base and initial push. Comfortable with a few pass rushing moves, but must keep getting better with his hands as that will also allow him to get off blocks faster and stuff gaps. Should be viewed as a potential multi-year starter at the Power 5 level. Might not be the most explosive point of attack player, but knows how to win with effort, which is important. Could be molded into a variety of different things, but looks like a future three or four eye heading into his senior season. So Kendall Jackson's a player that I think you're going to see on the field pretty early on, on into his career. I think sophomore season, you'll see him get some run. Uh, I mean, like, let's run through this offer list. That's one thing I always look at. So some might go, well, he's ranked 407th in the class. I, if Mike Elko likes a guy, I don't, you know, I trust him. I, I, if he's, he's a player he, he, he likes, 
he wants to go get. I trust in him when it comes to his defensive mind. You know he watched tape on this kid. He watched this kid play live, whatever it may be. And he went, we need that guy in our class. And he made a hard push and sold his vision to Kendall Jackson. But let's um, listen to some of these offers. Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Miami, uh, FAU, Georgia Tech, Iowa State, Kansas, Louisville, Maryland, Mississippi State, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Texas, Troy, UCF, USF. So a lot of P5 schools, a lot of SEC schools on that list. He um, visited Miami, Kentucky, Florida, Arkansas before eventually deciding he wants to play at Texas A&M. So this is a good flip for Texas A&M. This takes your class. I think it was sitting at 2020 the other day. Um, moved up a spot to 19. Over or That's the composite rank. It's overall rank 17. Your, your transfer portal rank, according to 24-7 sports, is 15. So, um, you know, you're back up to 15 commits in this class. You got to remember, like, like we discussed, they're going to find a way to have a competitive roster in 2024. I mean, whether it's throwing together guys on your roster currently, transfer players, and some of this recruiting class, they're going to have a roster. Just because this this recruiting class dropped, you know, 10 players, whatever it is, does not mean they're not going to go and land some talented players via the portal. They are. I mean, you've already got how many? Five, right? Now six players committed uh, via the transfer portal. So, um, you know, they're going to fill out this roster. Every person committed in the transfer portal right now makes this football team better immediately. I see a lot of guys who could come in and get snaps and play right now via, you know, from the transfer portal, a lot of these kids. So, um, I mean, like Will Lee is going to be a monster. Harvey, I think, and Cyrus Allen are going to be great. Trey Jones, and then the new guy as well, which we'll discuss coming up here in a second. But um, I think landing Kendall Jackson is a good get for the Aggies. I feel good about this. I think he's a player who really can help your football team. I think he makes you better. So it's a good kind of last second get before signing day. Makes your class better, makes your football team better. And whenever Mike Elko goes and handpicks a player on the defensive side of the football, I am sold. So I feel good about this commit. Once again, let me know y'all's thoughts on Kendall Jackson in the comments. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about is Garrett Miller, the former Purdue Boilermaker tight end. This, and if I'm overhyping this, tell me. I really like this addition. 30 receptions last season, 243 yards, two touchdowns. He was a safety blanket. He can be a safety blanket for Wigman this season. Six foot five, 250. What I like about him is he is a do it all tight end. He can block and he can get out and catch passes. That to me is so important for a tight end. And that is what you have in Garrett Miller. The other thing you have to remember, look at Kansas State last year. Colin Klein's system will love Garrett Miller because Colin Klein's system loves tight ends. Last season, Kansas State's leading receiver, you know, receivers, in, um, was the tight end, Sinat, 49 receptions, 676 yards, and six touchdowns. He loves to get the football to the tight end. And that is why bringing in a guy like Garrett Miller is such a great addition. 
He's a guy who can help um, block. He can help the offensive line block on runs, on whatever. And he can get out and catch passes. Coach Klein loves to slip tight ends and get the football to them in space. Let them use, you know, six foot five, 250 pound frame to catch the football, get some yards after catch. That is what Coach Klein wants to do with tight ends. And that is what he's going to be able to do with a guy like Garrett Miller, who has played at the Power Five level. He's competed against Michigan and Ohio State, played against the best teams in college football. So I don't think this transition to the SEC is going to be all that difficult for him. So this is a large addition just based off how Coach Colin Klein loves to use tight ends and loves to use his offense. So let me know, once again, in the comments, how do we feel about the addition of Garrett Miller via the transfer portal from Purdue from the Big Ten? So three notes before we call it a day here at Locked on Aggies. One, Walter Nolan, it came out yesterday via on three that he is down to Oregon and Ole Miss. So the rumors that we were kind of discussing yesterday about, oh, could we see a potential return from Walt? I don't think that's looking great anymore. I think you're going to see him. Um, I think you're going to see him he- head away, which hurts. Um, it's kind of like what I said with Basantis is like, if you go get Walt back, you're basically getting a top player in the portal. Um, so him leaving hurts. I was on the radio yesterday and people were asking me like, how do you feel about the rumors that Walt might be back in AM? And I said, I still kind of lean on Miss here. Um, and that's inevitably kind of what happened. Um, I still lean that way. I still think he ends up at all Miss, which hurts because we all know who Walt is. And then LT Overton commits to Bama. Best of luck to him. Um, but, and, and now when I say this, let me add the caveat. I, we all want what's best for LT Overton, but man, it'll hurt if he goes to Bama and has like 11 sacks next year and turns into a first-round pick, which would be great for him. We're all rooting for him. I'm just saying that would stink to see, you know, Alabama get the best out of him with how talented he was out of high school. We knew who he was, and you just couldn't really get it out of him with the previous coaching staff. And then the last one, I want to hear everybody's thoughts on this in the comments. Fadil Diggs commits to Syracuse. Ah, there's, I just don't like that. I don't like that. Coach Elijah Robinson kind of taking the team with him. He has every right to do it. Nothing illegal here. I'm just saying there's something, you know, I just don't love it. So let me know y'all's thoughts on Fidel Diggs following Coach Robinson to Syracuse. I'm very curious to hear that. (coughs) That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you all for tuning in every single day. Tomorrow we will have all of your signing day information. What happened? Good, bad, positive. Are we upset? Are we happy? We will be able to run down through all of that on Thursday's episode of Locked on Aggies. Everybody buckle in. It should be an interesting signing day. Hopefully the Aggies have a good day. Thanks for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. And we will see you tomorrow.